We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. Welcome to the timeline of Phoenix Suns podcast. My name is Mike. I'm here with Sam. Sam, you know the question. How are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm not great, Bob. Uh, <laughs> punched in the gut there a little bit with uh, yeah, just about as demoralizing a, a loss it gets at, at this level, right? But um, I don't know. I feel fine, though. I feel fine, to be honest. Uh, lots of things we can talk about with this one. Um, just like a confluence of events spelling disaster for the Suns. Like there's tons of different things that went wrong, but mm-hmm. I, in the grand scheme of the series, I feel fine. How, how do you feel? Um, I, I, I feel it depends on Devin Booker. I'm a little just, I'm just 29 minutes is very odd for, for Devin Booker. Go. It could be as simple as, uh, he took him out and they, the Suns didn't make any run back. And so he didn't put him back in Monty so. Williams being him. Uh, but I just don't want it to be anything more than that because I just think it's very odd that he didn't play much beyond his first stint in the third quarter. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I don't really take anything weird from that. It, it didn't give me any strange vibes, but feel free to go like go full tinfoil hat on me for a second if you think there's more at play there. No, I mean, it's, it's as simple as this was the lowest amount of minutes he's played in the playoffs, and th- at no point did he take the 36-year-old Chris Paul out of the game to rest. And, and to me, to... Uh, leave Devin Booker out of it at that point. It's just, it's odd. It's a weird I mean, decision and it does it's not normal to what Monty does too. I think we've become pretty familiar to ha- how he does this. He gives his players a chance to get themselves back into the game, especially Devin Booker, who it's not like starting slow is like out of character for him. That happens regularly. Happened literally and in game two. Himself back in, yeah, exactly. It's nothing, there's nothing weird about that. So I don't think it was any benching based on that. I, so beyond that, it would be he didn't think the Suns had a chance to get back in it, yeah. which is a fair decision. But even just taking him out for more than two or three minutes and a half is something that he hasn't done uh, in the finals so far. And even in the Western Conference finals, it was a rarity for that to happen. So there's just something happening there that I didn't fully understand yet. And we're recording these for people who don't know. I think the people that listen to the ones after losses 
probably listen to all of them. Uh, so they do know. You guys are the real diehards. Immediately. Yep. Yeah, we record these immediately after the game. So, like, you know, right now I'll be waiting to see what Monty Williams says about it because I'm very interested to see what he says. Yeah, I, I trust the reporters to ask the smart questions there. Um, we can be honest. Like, Booker, he was a zero. I mean, he was just a total zero tonight. Um, yeah. But I get what you're saying, right? Like, I guess, like, if campaign had it going, there would be an argument that well, Booker's like, yeah. he just doesn't have it. Let me send a message, bench him, and let's play our best lineup, which is Paul and Payne. Campaign also wasn't good tonight. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, hear what, I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, it, it's just odd, and I think it's out of character for Monty. And, uh, you know, some people have noted that he, he, he was pulled early out of game two, but the Suns, I think, were up by 11 when he was pulled, and there was less than a minute left, and he had played 44 minutes or something. So to me, there's nothing weird about him being pulled early in game two. Uh, but this game, I think, was weird. And to me, the 3 for 14, like, that's bad. But, like, that wasn't overly... Like, I wasn't concerned that he was injured watching him shoot 3 from 14. I thought uh, he was settling for threes a little too much early after making 7 in the last game. And I think uh, he adjusted late and started hitting or hit a few shots. And then he was taken out. And we didn't see him again. So, it's just odd. Got to give PJ credit because I have... Um I've poked fun at PJ a little bit in the series. Love PJ, but in, in our pregame spaces, for example, I, I mean, I've kind of just insinuated that he's too old to have any impact in the series. Tonight's a total game where he left his stamp on the game. I mean, he just goes out there, uh, gets offensive rebounds, hits corner threes, and, and gives Booker some trouble on defense. We know Booker mm-hmm. like struggles mm-hmm. to create separation against stronger guys. Credit to him. Played a great game. And obviously, for the Suns, I mean, I'm not like angry tonight because... To be totally honest with you, I kind of—I mean, I kind of just expected to lose this game. We were gonna get, yeah. <laughs> we were gonna yeah. get Milwaukee. A team has never come back from down 3-0. I'm not trying to make excuses for the Suns, but we knew no, going I mean, in, Milwaukee's good. We knew yeah. going in, we were going to get a team playing with some level of desperation that they absolutely needed this one. They had to be um, playing to their best. Now that being said, there are some things about the Suns' game plan that were puzzling about this one that I do want to talk about. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to talk. I'd like to hear what you think about that as well. But actually, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'd like to hear what you think. It all comes down. I mean, here's the thing about the Bucks. We've talked about in the past. We talked after Game Two about Drew and Chris needing to play better, but specifically about Drew and Chris needing to be better creators. Right? It was this idea of creation is something the Bucks have always struggled with. You just take a cursory mm-hmm. glance at the box score tonight. I see six assists to one turnover for Giannis, six assists to two turnovers for Chris. Uh, and nine assists to nine nine assists to three turnovers for mm-hmm. Drew Holiday. Well, what went yeah. wrong? I think the big problem for the Suns in the first half, and they had good runs in the first half. They were up for a little while. They they really just fell apart in that second quarter. They started guarding Chris Middleton in a way that they haven't in the past. And in, in the past, they sort of forced Chris to prove that he could step up and rise to the occasion as the secondary option in the Bucks offense. Um, I, as we know, he struggled in game two. I think he shot five for 16 and I don't really know what it was. Like, this is why it's puzzling to me. But so what the Suns did is they started showing on pick and rolls with Chris Middleton every in the first half only every pick and roll that Middleton was involved in the Suns. It would be like, uh, Mikhail Bridges is a primary defender. And then like Jay Crowder maybe was involved in the, in the pick and roll action. And he would slide over and they would show a second defender at Middleton. And what it did was it just opened up everything else for the Bucks' offense. I mean, suddenly he had open shooters. Credit to the Bucks' shooters, of course, because like Bobby Portis 
P.J. Tucker hidden corner threes, not something that always happens, like they still have to capitalize, but it allowed him to break through the defense in a few occasions, like either get to the rim or create for someone else. But basically it took a guy whose playmaking in the past has been questionable where you really kind of just want to play him straight up one-on-one and make him prove it. And in my opinion, at least, it made his job exponentially easier. And then at the end of the first half, Middleton had like 15 points and five assists. And the Suns were already down by like 10 points. Obviously, what they were doing in the first half wasn't working. And I was I was saying at halftime on Twitter, I was like, yeah, this whole showing a second defender at Middleton, they're not doing this. They weren't doing this in the past. They need to stop doing this. Monty comes out in the second half, and he makes the adjustment. The first couple screens, we see Giannis come. This is literally in the first minute of the third quarter. Giannis comes. He screens for Middleton. The Suns don't show anymore. Um, obviously, when you show, you've got like the low man who has to come over and tag Giannis. This time, they were just switching it. They were playing it straight up. So if Middleton was on, um, or sorry, if Bridges was on Middleton before, Giannis comes over and screens, well, now suddenly Crowder's just going to switch onto him. The problem was, a minute and a half into the third quarter, DeAndre Ayton picks up his fourth foul. Yeah. And the entire game plan goes out the window from, from there. So I thought the Suns had a good idea to open the second half. And then I thought the Wings played a really strong rest of the third quarter. Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, we should talk about him, and Mikhail Bridges. Yeah. They all had their moments in the third quarter. But once DeAndre Ayton, the real MVP of the Suns' playoff run, I'm not afraid to say it. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Once he came out because of that fourth quarter and the Suns had to run zone the rest of the game, it was just a math game. And at that point, they mm-hmm. were just totally toast like like Monty had the right idea but they were just fucked there was nothing they could do yeah and I think um 13 offensive rebounds for the Bucks and the Suns just at once Aiton was out the Suns just couldn't really get their hands on rebounds and that resulted in Monty trying Frank Kaminsky again and at that point the Suns were already down and and the Bucks ended the quarter on a 16-0 run including an extended stretch with Frank Kaminsky on the floor it just didn't work and it, and it can't work and he tried again, took uh, Frank out, and and you know, it's just not going to work with Frank Kaminsky. I think I think we're done with Frank Kaminsky minutes at this point, and it's a tough position. The Suns are going to be in a tough position um, without Dario Saric because he's just another big guy that you can play that is gone, even for like three minutes. Point, yeah, it's... yeah, you just can't play him. You can't play him. And look, we joked about Scott Foster, and I'm not putting this all on him. But what I said to you when we were doing our pregame spaces is. The only thing I'm worried about is DeAndre Ayton foul trouble. Yeah. That's the only I thing mean, I'm worried about in this game. I think, look, I'll say to Suns fans right now, you can't blame this entire thing on Scott Foster. You just can't. There's so many no. things that went wrong for the Suns. So I I, I just want to... Like, and I'm not saying you're doing that, Mike. I know you're not. I'm just saying because listeners yeah. will try to do it. It's This was not... However, Ayton impacts the game that much. And I did see a tweet. I did see a tweet and I thought this was interesting. Uh, when people think about examples of elite foul creation, if you even consider that to be a skill, I mean, I, gu- I guess it is, um, and talk about uh, guys getting a, a good whistle in favor of them, at least in the finals, if we talk about finals history, one that uh, routinely comes up, actually, is that Heat Mavs series in 2006 when Dwayne Wade shot like a million free throws. Ask a Mavs fan about this. They bring this up to this day because the Mavs, came into that series as like a 67-win team or something crazy. They were supposed to be the best team. Giannis has more free throws through three games of the finals than Dwayne Wade did in that series. And that's like a historic example that, for my entire basketball upbringing, has been brought up, has been heralded as the example (laughs) of like, oh, they're rigging it like they did for Dwayne Wade in 06. And it's like, you know, I don't actually think that's what's going on here. But I will say 
there are a lot of examples of just like Giannis, you know, uh, when he took Cam, on that when he took Cam Johnson down, held him by the jersey yeah. for like ten seconds, yeah. you know, and it's like right. what the what the hell am I supposed to do there? You can't. That's not fair <laughs> at a certain yeah. point. But it, there are lots of other reasons they lost this game. To be clear. Giannis just existing is unfair for the other team in a lot of ways. Just credit to him. We haven't even talked about it. He was incredible and he was amazing. And and he did basically everything that they needed him to do in order for them to win. 41 points on 23 shots is going to work really well when you have 17 free throws. But Monty Williams did say say this. This is, I just wanted to check some of the, I'm waiting to see. I'm going to keep an eye on Kellen Olsen's Twitter here um, to (laughs) see when Monty or somebody talks about Devin Booker not playing because I'm very curious, but Here's something Kellen said on what you were talking about. Monty Williams said he was not going to publicly complain about officiating and foul but. calls, but cited the but cited the Suns' <laughs> 16 free throws to Giannis's 17 of his own. This is a very I'm not saying I'm just saying moment from uh, Monty Williams, which I think is as close as it comes to Monty Williams calling out the well, officials. He did it once in the Clippers series as well, and it's not a common thing for him. But I think they're all look. I don't. I don't know what the tenor of the Suns' locker room is when they find out that Scott Foster is officiating. But I imagine they're already pre-mad <laughs> just based on Chris Paul's experiences um, uh, earlier in his career, and you can see it coming out a little bit in these post-game credit uh, responses. Because Game Three is not the only time this happened. Credit Zone of Sports, our friend, um, who said on Twitter that Giannis has more free throws than the Suns do through three games too. So, so that's been true the entire series. But I don't really think it's a like the way I'm watching it. It's not like I want the Suns to get more calls. The Suns are a jump shooting team. I think they're getting an adequate number of calls. To be honest, yeah, it's more about what the hell are you supposed to do with Giannis? It's well, yeah, I, I think they can get manhandled. Well, here's an example. More on from Monty. He said it's hard to tell DeAndre and what to do defensively to avoid fouls when guys are running into him. And he said he wasn't sure at times what legal defensive position is. <laughs> and then he noted uh, that it would help them to adjust if they knew yeah. exactly how it was going to be called, which I think is a fair thing to point out because from game to game, if it changes, which I think it did, and I even think from player to player, it changes how they call certain things. Um, that puts coaches specifically and players, of course, in a tough position. And I don't think it's fair to blame this e- even on that entirely. I think it's as simple as Drew Holiday made like four threes off the dribble and he is five for 10, 50% from three. And the Suns, the Suns shot 14% from three in the first half and ended the game with a disastrous, well, 29% better, but without a lot of attempts even for what they were capable of doing. And that's because of the Bucks and how they adjusted defensively, which is to not help off the corners in much and trust their guys to defend at the rim. And you can do that if Devin Booker's not going off, right? You can't, you can afford for the Suns to shoot badly from three if Chris Paul and Devin Booker are getting theirs. But you can't afford for them to shoot badly from three if Chris Paul and Devin Booker aren't hitting it and yeah. vice versa. If Devin Booker struggles, you can, you can win a game with the rest of the team hitting three-pointers and you can't the other way around. The way I look at it is I just I don't think you can break down this game by saying it's any one thing. I know we're going to like look at how the media, the mainstream media covers it tomorrow, um like first take or whatever and they're going to break it down as one thing. Um but like a bunch of things happened to the Suns tonight that I think each resulted in a swing of like five or six points by itself and collectively opened the floodgates to just be a disaster game. So Devin Booker played like shit. 
Um, they didn't make shots that they usually do from three. That's like five or six points that could have been added to the board. They missed their free throws. That's another three points that could have been added to the board. Scott Foster, that's like a five or six point swing right there. Link, I mean, <laughs> seriously, linked link to Scott Foster then, of course, though, is if you get Aiton out of the game, this was the first game where the Bucks dominated with size. They had 13 offensive rebounds to the Sun six. That adds another five or six points to the board. So, I mean, everything kind of just compounded on top of each other. But I don't think it was one thing exactly. I mean, just that they played bad. They just played bad. Yeah. That's <laughs> where it really boils down <laughs> to that. I think what the Suns are are thinking, right, their perspective, why they're angry, it's probably because they see uh, Giannis bouncing off guys and getting the call every time and Devin Booker bouncing off guys and getting calls maybe half of the time. And uh, I think that difference will probably be frustrating for them. The the hilarious part, as you've noted, is that one guy, and this is by idiots for the record, has been labeled someone who's foul hunting and one guy is not. And uh, yeah, and look, I think it's that funny. Darn, I do find it funny. Darn foul hunter with his five free throw attempts tonight. <laughs> yeah, I do find it funny when people say, well, Giannis uh, is getting fouled a lot because he can't make his free throws, as if that's some sort of... <laughs> defense for him it's just a funny thing to as what like. as well, if, he can't shoot free throws as if the ref is standing there with the whistle pitying him like oh, oh god yeah oh, guys relax guy. we know he's gonna miss yeah. so we have to give him the call the yeah that's how it works <laughs> yeah we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Who played well tonight? Do you want to highlight Cam Johnson? Let's talk Cam Johnson. <laughs> Let's talk Cam Johnson. I will cherish the, the second best center on the team right now. I guess right. <sighs> Don't do that. Oof. <laughs> um, That's where we're at. He's, he came in when DeAndre Ayton came out, and he did all the cutting that a center does. And look, he 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 didn't really hit threes the way he normally was, but he was finding his way to the basket. He had the best highlight of the Suns in the postseason so far, which I hate when things like this come in a loss. Back-to-back highlights. But but the, but the best. The poster oh, yeah. on P.J. Tucker was one of the greatest things I've ever seen a Suns player do individually in a game. Like I said, it sucks when those things come in a loss, but a remarkable play regardless. Oh, yeah. And I, and I just thought the way he was moving off the ball, the way he was finding creases in their defense even when he had the ball – uh, was really impressive, and I think they had to count on him and guys like uh, Mikael Bridges, who struggled, I think, by the way, uh, to handle the ball more in that full-court press. Uh, Cameron Johnson did the best of any of the wings there besides uh, the obvious of Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Not just a shooter. We've been saying. Yep. 
we've yep. been saying. And uh, that dunk, I mean, it sucks to like celebrate that dunk in a 20-point loss, man. But you have to. Like, that was, that was <laughs> fucking sick. Like, Amari, yes. how many games did Amari play for the Suns in the playoffs? Over 100? Yeah, I'm sure. And and he never had a dunk like that. Come on. He didn't. No. Like, he had dunks like that in his career. Like, him over... I mean, that was the closest to... The uh, Tolliver like Tom dunk? Chambers, right? Oh, yeah. like, yeah, I Tom mean, Chambers over Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson. They should have brought that up on the broadcast. And then he comes over. <laughs> if he they comes, were TNT, they would have. He comes back. They would have with the Photoshop and everything. Um, And then he yeah. comes back with the, the nasty scoop layup on the next possession. Like, he goes, oh, yeah. he goes fucking full MJ. Dr. J. He goes full <laughs> MJ with the facial on Tucker and then comes back Dr. J's at the next possession. Like, who is this guy? I love, I love yeah. Cam Johnson, man. A, a, a little bit of joy to brighten up that game i know people are mad people are are sad whatever i think this team's fine i honestly the I, suns are up in the finals they're up, I mean, like, at the end of this on. game they're up two to one in the nba finals <laughs> right. that's that's and look it should be said too the bucks are eight and one at home in the playoffs beating them at home is one of the most difficult things to do the suns goal going into this obviously they want to sweep they want to win every single game but winning one in Milwaukee would be huge for the Suns. They would literally be the second team to beat the Bucks in Milwaukee in these playoffs. That's how good they've been at home. The difference between them on, on the road and at home is vital. And look, if we want to go back to it, this is why they played so well in the regular season. This is why they valued regular season wins. Having the advantage of owning home court in the playoffs. That's going to matter in, in this series as much as any. Uh, because of how good they are. Winning one now would be huge and, uh, in, in the next game on Wednesday. And can I just reiterate, like, just DeAndre Ayton is so valuable. I really think if the Suns had committed to what the game plan was coming out in the third quarter, that things could have swung a different way. I'm not promising that they would have won. They, they were down by 15 at that point. That's a really big hole to dig yourself out of. Yeah. But, like, Bud is still confusing me. The The Bucks won this game by 20. And I think the Bucks' game plan is sound. I think the math behind it makes sense for what they're, the types of shots they're trying to force the Suns into. His rotations are still confusing. Like, you had a game where... Um, he, here's a thing. Like, the reason they went down in the first quarter in the first place, why bring Bobby Portis and Jeff Teague into the game with, like, five minutes left in the first quarter? Like, that was a thing that Bud did, and he adjusted. He, he brought his best players on the floor in the second quarter, and they made a run. But, like, in a game where you have the size advantage, you took DeAndre Ayton out of the game, you forced them into small ball. Why is Brooke Lopez only playing 21 minutes? I don't I don't really get it. Like, I, I think the Bucks had ways. Like, I think the Bucks were served a, a golden platter of <laughs> bullshit from the Suns tonight that this could have been a 30-point blowout. I think it could. I, I, think, I still think they're leaving I think points they on the good, table, to be they, honest. Not trying to. Yeah, I'm not trying to take saying. away from what they did tonight because they spanked us. Like I respect that, but no, they, yeah, but they were great. There were enough puzzling decisions from the other side, and I I would go so far as to say that our buddies Ty and Rohan, especially Ty, because I saw him tweeting about this in the first half, would back us up on this from the gyro, yeah. um, the Euroset podcast um, that covers the yeah. box. I, I I think they would. There are enough puzzling yep. decisions from the other side that it gives you some confidence if you're a Suns fan going into Game Four. <laughs> when when Thanasis came in in non garbage time, I was like, "What is happening?" Uh, but I think they got there. They got a good Bobby Portis game. And look, maybe you don't. You look at the stats and you think 
four for 11. That's not that great. Whatever you want to say, but no, this was a good, this was a good Bobby Portis game. He played 18 minutes. He had eight rebounds in that time, including four offensive rebounds. That's the type of thing that when they talk about weaponizing their size, that's the type of thing that they're talking about. Exactly. That. Weaponizing. Having guys come in off the bench yeah. and getting four offensive rebounds. I mean, four offensive rebounds off the bench is a rare thing in the NBA. So mm-hmm. you gotta, you, you gotta celebrate that for them. And, uh, I think a big part of, you know, the second quarter is when they lost it, right? They scored 17. The Bucks scored 34. Um, 35, I think, is what they ended with. It's it's as simple as that. That's kind of where the game was over. Yeah. And a big, 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 big part of that is Devin Booker going three for 14. I'm not... I don't blame people for losses. And I think sometimes if we just talk about something, people say we bl- we're blaming people for things. Um, I don't do that because I don't think that that's how basketball works. Uh, one person being really bad can make a team uh, worse, obviously, but there's more there's more than that um, that goes into it. But if you can if you can pull ahead that much when when he's struggling, it's going to be difficult to eat your way back into that lead for the signs and get back into it, especially um, if they are struggling from the three point line, which is kind of the, the the great equalizer when it comes to coming back in games, and and they didn't have it from three in this game. Okay, here's here's an obvious thing that we haven't touched on yet that we need to before we hit the thirty mark here. Where the, f- sorry, I'm looking at. Okay, here it is. Sorry, two thirty seven left in the third quarter. Frank mm-hmm. Kaminsky enters the game for Jay Crowder. The score is eighty five to seventy six. That's a game. Like, yeah. like with how well we talked about Cam Johnson, with how well Cam, Chris Paul hit a couple shots, Jay Crowder hit a couple shots, they were down by as little as six during that run. Or four, I think it was even four at one point. The Bucks made a couple shots. I mean, Drew Holiday was hitting big shots too on the other end. But the point is... Fra- That's a, the main thing that they that they got in this game that they can't count Frank, on. I think five for ten from three. Frank comes into the game. It's a nine-point game. There's three minutes left in the third quarter. Um, I think it's fair to say why. Like what? Like I know Aiton's playing with four fouls. Oh, absolutely. Aiton's playing. No, 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 no. It does not matter because that's the game. That that stretch right there where the Suns can eat back into it and try and get closer. That's the game at that point. So I think you bring Frank Kaminsky and you're ending it for them. Like you're you're absolutely handing the game well, over to them. So then, and yes, you're scared off of offensive <laughs> rebounds. That's the entire thing that he was doing. Uh-huh. He was scared of offensive rebounds. So, but here, then I almost feel like I feel bad about this. Like I feel like we buried the lead a little bit. You said that not playing Booker in the fourth quarter or most of the fourth quarter was like the most puzzling decision for Monty. But isn't yes. isn't it that? Isn't it not bringing in eight? No. Who, cares? Who gives a fuck if he has four fouls? It's the finals. If he fouls you're, out, then you're so fouling be it. him out. You're fouling him out for them. I think at that point, look, is there an argument to say that they put eight in and he fouls out in like two minutes? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's an, <laughs> it's an absolutely true thing that could have absolutely happened in this game because um, because of the way that it was called and I think the way that Aiton was playing too. It's partially on DeAndre Aiton, but. Uh, you can't. You have to force the refs to make some decisions at some point. You 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 have to trust your players, and that's a huge thing. P- put him back in, let them fight into it, and then look. If he fouls out, then you go small and you try and count on your guys to outrun them and out effort them because you have momentum on your side. If you hand over the momentum to the other team, you're handing over the game at that specific moment of the game. And I think Monty is the type of guy to try things like let's see if Frank works here. And um, you can't do that now. Like, <laughs> fine, you did it. You did it in this game, uh, and it didn't go well in the last game. Either, I, um, but you can't do it now. I think the only reason I'm laughing and not like yelling is because the second that he picked up his fourth foul, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I was just like, well, that's the game. 
Like, SM, if I really totally. was holding on to more hope, then I would be angry about it. And I think Suns fans have a right to be angry about that because you're conceding the game. That was the white flag. Um, hopefully he learns from that. 24 minutes from DeAndre. Um, at least he's well rested for game four, right? We, <laughs> I've been talking about... I've been talking about... <laughs> him and Booker. Yeah, him yeah. and Booker. I've been talking about uh, how, you know, Aiden's not used to logging these 40-plus minute nights. Well, now he just had 24. Hopefully he's well rested. Uh, here's the other part. Two days between games... You're giving Devin Booker 29 minutes. If you're going to claim that that's to rest him, there's two days between these games. <laughs> They're not playing tomorrow, uh, so this is. I just don't. I just don't fully understand exactly what happened. Tinfoil hat, Mike. I think. Look, you and I, at some point, uh, somebody asked us to give our assessment of Monty Williams so far, and uh, my whole thing was you can't judge a coach till the playoffs. And here's the thing. Monty's been really great in the playoffs. Really, really great. And I think this was the most puzzling game for Monty Williams so far. And look, you get punched in the mouth really hard. Maybe you make... be honest. (laughs) You get punched in the (laughs) mouth really hard. Maybe you make a few dumb decisions and you come back from that after watching the film and you say, why did I do this dumb thing? I can come back. Here's what I do when this happens next time. And to his credit, they have been consistently one of the most prepared teams in the playoffs, maybe the most prepared teams going into every single game. So I know doom and gloom for so many Suns fans right now. It's a good time to put Twitter away for a little while um, because people are either going to be doom and gloom or the people are going to be talking shit all over the place from from other fan bases and let them have their moment, whatever. Fair. But I, but I think that I think that for, for Monty Williams and the Suns, there's a lot to learn from this one and they made a lot of mistakes. Is there any specific adjustments that are going to stand out uh, to you other than playing your best players more? Well, play your best players more, but like I said, kind of to start it, don't play Chris Middleton the same way. Play guys straight up and force them to force them to live up to what they need to be in order to beat you. And if you can do yeah. that in addition to getting a, a, a nicer whistle and Devin Booker plays like Devin Booker, then I think you have a good formula to win the next game. Simple as that. Yeah, and you shoot 30, 30, over 30% from three would be nice. Yeah, I kind of well. feel like we yeah. wasted a good Jay Crowder game tonight. He shot six of seven. You know what yeah, that means. Somebody pointed it out. He's better on. He's been better on the road in the playoffs than he has been significantly better in shooting at That's home. Weird. Um, yeah. So I don't know. That's it. It kind of fits with his personality, kind of though, right? He's an antagonizer. So of course, even his shooting is is just to antagonize the fans of the other team. It's just like built into who he is as a player. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, they're gonna have to. Mikel Bridges had four points in this game. Like We have to just address that. But here's the main thing. He only had four shots, and a, a huge part of what the Bucks did uh, was to limit that. They're just kind of yo-yoing back and forth from guarding threes and not guarding threes at this point, and they did a really good job. Um, they did a really good job staying on home on the shooters and still forcing Devin Booker to struggle. Like I don't know that you can get away with Devin Booker taking like five three-point attempts in the first quarter again. Unless he makes three or four of those, like you can't, I just don't understand why he was settling for the three so early in the way that they were defending him. You got to get to that mid range. You got to put pressure on them to foul you or put pressure on the rim to open up other guys. But if he's not going to get past that first line of defense and he's going to settle for that three point shot, there's not a lot of guys that you can trust to do that on this team. Like Chris Paul and Devin Booker have to get past that first line of defense in order for other guys to be open. And that two, two for four, from Mikhail Bridges uh, combined with a bad game from Devin Booker to me is not a coincidence. Those guys, the way that the, the way that the ball penetrates 
is is what has a massive effect on how other guys get open shots. So uh, it'd be nice to see him work a little harder to get into the paint. Yeah, I agree. He needs to be better. Uh, straight up. <laughs> hey, two more games. Wednesday night game in Milwaukee. Uh, the Suns will have a chance to come back to Phoenix up 3-1 and then get that home court and crowd on their side. And I think this is it. I think for the Suns in a lot of ways, stealing one early in Milwaukee should have been or is the most likely scenario where they can come back home uh, and, and, and actually win. Uh, so I think that the, obviously the next game is very, 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 very important. I don't want to come back 2-2 and then all the pressures on Phoenix at that point. So game five is our game four is obviously going to be huge Wednesday night. We'll be online talking about it ahead of time. And then of course we'll be back after the game. You got anything else before we go here? Nah, just, you know, you already said this, try not to drive yourself crazy online for the next two days. Yeah. Got a long way to go. Yeah. We'll see you on Wednesday. Yeah. Shout out to you guys (laughs) who listened to these ones after the losses. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.